Chrissy Regan from Australia today. That's wonderful. I don't think I had anyone. Have I? I think maybe I had someone else from Australia. And New Zealand was two days ago. Hi, Chrissy. Cool. Hi, it's nice to be with you all the way over there. <laughs> Thank you so much. It's, it's nice actually to have this kind of uh, connections and we can just be friends with everyone from all over the world. So thank yes, you so, so much for being here. For my for my fr friends to let you're in Romania. So it's lovely to go to Romania on Sunday evening rather than sitting downstairs and watching TV. <laughs> <laughs> With my husband, how boring. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, sometimes we need a little bit of a change, but it's wonderful and can't wait. I haven't been to Australia, I haven't been to New Zealand. So I'm actually wow. looking forward whenever we can come. Eventually. Yes, exactly. Until then, we have you there representing your Thank country you. and continent. Amazing. So, Chrissy, you are a wellness poet, which I felt so amazing when I read that. Because oh, I used to write poetry when I was younger, maybe till high school. Even now I can do from time to time. And it's uh -huh. very relaxing and it goes into my creative side. Me also writing. I mean, writing all sorts of fiction, non-fiction, copywriter, sales pages, you know, everything that has a little bit of a soul and a story in it. So yeah. I relate to the love for writing. So tell me a little bit about this because it sounds so nice and I never heard the title before. What does a wellness poet do besides being a mummy because of two? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's funny because when I decided to call myself the wellness poet, I'd already been writing wellness type poetry for about six months. And I wanted to step into calling myself a writer, but unless I had a published work body of work, I couldn't say, well, I'm a writer because I couldn't prove that I was writing on publishing work. So mm -hmm. I set up a website and I couldn't believe that the wellnesspoet.com was available um, wow. as, a, as a domain, firstly. Mm -hmm. The Wellness Poet was available on Facebook and the Wellness Poet was available on Instagram. So I thought, well, it's meant to be, it's me. <laughs> I'm already writing the Wellness Poetry and all of these um, domains are available. So um, that's what I did. So that was in July last year. So I, I was about that. to ask, when did you yeah. start? July last year. So I'd started writing uh, wellness poetry in the January of 2019, yeah. but I set up the website and started publishing my poems online. And then they started to be published in print after that. So, um, but all my life, um, I wrote poems um, when I was younger. I then tended to write poetry for special occasions like births, deaths and marriages and stuff like that. Um, uh, but then more recently in the past 12 months, I've kind of used, you know, more of my intuition and my journey to, um, um, growth, um, to, you know, talk about poems about, you know, um, uncertainty and how to tap into your intuition and how to get out of your comfort zone and fly. So um, this poem, the book that I've written has 13 original wellness poems in it uh, and each poem accompanies a step in the book, which I guess we'll go on to talking about. But yeah, that's the, um, kind of how it came about really. Amazing. And since then I've published probably more than 30 poems. So my body of work in poetry is growing kind of monthly really. So that's exciting. Wow. That's so nice and I'm, I'm so happy for you and congratulations for all the work. I was about Thank to ask, you. so can you give us a title? Can we read a, a paragraph, a verse of what you're doing? Because it's very intriguing or at least tell me some titles of the poems. 
Oh, sure. So in this book, um, I have a poem called Me, which is a poem about self-reflection. Mm -hmm. And it's written at a time when I was not feeling so great in my life, um, mm -hmm. physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. Mm -hmm. And it goes something like this. Why is my body so sore? Why don't I laugh anymore? Oh, where, oh, where has all my Zen gone? When did it all go wrong? I'm looking for calm with panic and alarm. It's all in the hips where my negativity sits. I want love, joy and grace, a smiling, happy face to be brave, calm and strong, not ruminate the wrong. I'm practicing self-compassion. It's really in fashion. I want joy in my heart and to not give a fart. I have enough. I am enough. I'm kind. I'm free. I'm me. Wow, that's amazing. I love it. I feel like, yay, cheering you up. I love it. Wow. How can we get the book? This is so nice because I, I can imagine myself reading this to my audience every day. Like today, let's go to another. Well, I don't want to write, you know, I'm the type of person, like, I don't want to do it all. You did it amazingly. I want to get from you. Thank you. So, um, well, this book is available on Amazon. Um, it's available on my website. It's... Um, you know, if you go onto Amazon.com, you'll be able to find it. It's on most major um, commercial re online retailers. Mm -hmm. um, paperback copies are not so readily available to purchase in Europe from shops, for instance, but you can order them from online stores um, anywhere else, kind of in um, Australia and Europe. If they order a paperback copy from my website, I sign it and send it to them personally. So depending on post, that can take, you know, anything from a week to three weeks. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so thewellnesspoet.com is my website and the book's available in paperback there as well as audiobook and ebook. So if you buy the audiobook, it'll arrive in your inbox immediately as with the ebook to download to your e-reader device. That's amazing. So yeah. nice. Yeah. Okay, wonderful. So I'll definitely do that. And after I finish this, I'll ask you to just go to my page. Uh, that's uh, the one, I don't know if you have, but it's my first name, diana.yoga.coach, and then just put the yep. links because people then can add you and they can relate to you rather than just me adding it to myself. Perfect, perfect. Thank Super, you. that's so nice. Thank you so much. Yeah, I definitely want to do that. And we'll have a poem every week, at least. We can start on Mondays with a poem and, and see Great. how Right, you've feels. got third 13 weeks of poems there so you can amazing. do a three-month challenge yes please continue that's amazing no the fact that you have an ebook that makes it so much better because sometimes now we have problem with delivery depending on where it comes yes. from we say we don't ship to that location so yes an audiobook is becoming so popular now which is why i wanted True. to do that and particularly i recorded the audio version of the book at the beginning of lockdown because i wanted yeah. to have that medium to send to people um, so that's been really great as well opportunity. So fingers crossed. I've yeah. had good feedback from both men and women. So I'm grateful for that. No, I believe so. And I think it works on some people when I used to read some a verse or say something to them, they're like, oh, this felt like it was talking to me. So I'm sure I'm going to get the same. Or for me as well. I'm like, oh, this is, <laughs> I yeah. love that part. Why does my body feel so sore? I love it. So nice, very nice. Thank Excellent. You. Okay. So let me go into the questions that we have at the beginning of our interviews. And mm -hmm. the first one is related to the problems that you solve. So now you being a wellness problem and also doing other things for women, because I know you have a page for women, right? We're just going live yes. on that for mummies, actually. Yes. So I have two pages, a wellness poet, um, which is a general health and well-being page aimed at anybody. 
and Mindful Mums Queensland, which is a page aimed at um, mums specifically, and that's focused on um, mindful-based aspects of living from a health and wellness point of view as well. But the messaging on both sometimes is um, shared, but um, generally I try to adapt the messaging for both, you know, where we are as mums versus where we are as society as well. Mm -hmm. So. So nice. And tell me a little bit of the problems from the mommies or for other women or when you, from your own experience that when you work with people, what problems do you encounter most? Mm. Well, I'm sure you're aware a key principle of mindfulness is noticing and being aware of your thoughts. But mm -hmm. what I realized about two years ago was that I was an expert at ruminating. <laughs> And, uh, and I didn't really know a lot about ruminating and how it affects us. And I wasn't necessarily in tune with the fact that our thoughts affect our feelings, affect our behaviours. And so we end up in this cyclical loop of thinking, feeling, behaving. So for me now, when I'm talking to women, and I've done a lot of um, wellness talks um, recently because we can be more out and about in face-to-face -face situations, you know, um, people don't realize how much ruminating plays a part in their life until you spell it out for them or you give them a scenario, an example of what ruminating really is. Mm -hmm. So when I talk to people about ruminating, they say, oh, I wish I'd have known about this 20 years ago because, yes, I do do that. And I said, yes, you're an expert on ruminating. Um, but it's helping people develop thinking interventions around their common problems. So do they think about uh, work too much? Do they worry about money too much? Do they... Um, 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 you know, obsess about everyday situations, which mm -hmm. is blocking, you know, their potential and their creativity. So we talk about, you know, thinking interventions, developing and embracing a wellness mindset. So it's um, kind of intrinsically part of their day-to-day -day life and questioning as to how do I live my life from a point of wellness as opposed mm -hmm. to preventing illness. So those are kind of some key things that um, I help people with. And also, understanding people's sustainers and drainers so when we know what sustains us and what drains us you can have a personalized self-care plan because self-care is an umbrella term as I'm sure you're aware but unless you understand how it applies to your life you can't have um you know a really um holistic self-care plan correct yes I love that so ruminating nice Okay, my second question is regarding changes in the pandemic. During this mm. time, have you felt any changes for yourself, for your family, and also with the people that you work with? Maybe something that inspired you to write on something, or what has been that change that you felt in the past, I don't even know, six months or so? Mm. Well, I have traditionally worked a lot from home myself, so there wasn't a huge change for me in terms mm -hmm. of my day-to-day working um, life and a lot of the stuff that I do is not necessarily where I'm living so that is kind of normal but I wrote uh, quite a lot of articles on things like how to avoid burnout during lockdown um, how to understand the cost price ice model of doing versus being um, I really wanted to kind of bring those um, aspects um, to people's forefront of their mind because whilst they're in lockdown obviously they're thinking and experiencing feelings which are different mm -hmm. and as they're coming out of lockdown okay so how do we go about taking any good habits that we've learned through lockdown forward with us in the future by spending more time being and less time doing so you know, I'm a very visual person. So during this time, I was kind of projecting myself off to different countries. And I was, you know, feeling um, myself um, 
a compassion fatigue quite a lot for those people that were living in countries where it was much more severe than we were. And I was really visualizing, you know, what it was like in India, what it was like in London, what it was like in New York, because I've been to these places and I felt immensely saddened for the people and the conditions that they would be living with, which was enabled me to be far more grateful for what I had um, and what I was, um, you know, even just being able to go to the shops and see that there's fresh food there is a, a huge luxury. You know, a lot of people couldn't even leave their homes or go to any shops and were getting food dumped on their doorstep. So, you know, I was really trying to think about, you know, what it was like for others and then how to be more grateful for what I had. But, you know, I was also saddened by how easy it is for us to um, neglect or turn an eye, blind eye to the suffering of others. That made me feel immensely sad. Um, but then in saying that, I also know that people in everyday life became more grateful for things like food, outside space, nature, all of this stuff, our well-being, our health became paramount, which is my intrinsic message is to inspire people to prioritise their health and well-being above all else. And that's what we had to do during this time. So that was um, on a flip side, a positive in a way. True. Yes, I agree. Hmm. I like that insight. Yeah. It's, it's it's nice to see how we actually can come out of it with on a more appreciative uh, side of us comes out, you know, like the mushrooms after the rain, kind of like that, yes. like the yeah. rainbow after, yeah, true. And, and many people, yeah, indeed, you get to appreciate, like when I, I know when I was ordering the food at home and I was thinking, oh my God, thank God we have this option. We have an app here and I think it's all over the world global and they just come and and you get the things. And many times we didn't get everything we wanted because they were not available anymore. But then I was like, oh, okay, we still got a lot of things and it's going okay. Because we never um, got an inventory home. I thought, okay, this is ridiculous. We don't need to go and shop for thousands of months here, but everything was still going smoothly here. So we can't really say there was a dramatic phase. But true, yeah. you get to stop and pause, you know, and you just think, okay, this is, uh, like you said, mindfulness. So you become aware and grateful for everything that you have and like you said yeah. yeah you have to think that many other people do not have this possibility at that time yeah yeah sure it's it's a good time for introspection that's what i felt and every woman i've interviewed so far all the spiritual entrepreneurs they said the same thing that for those the, the people that they worked with were into a self-introspection and looking deeper at them taking this time that they might have you you work home but for many people and i used to work almost most of the times uh, many people haven't so they actually got some extra hours to look into themselves so that's very mm. nice mm. and my uh, third question is about coaching if mm. you have a coach if you are a coach yourself for other people and regarding coaching and mentorship both aspects mm -hmm. what do you think on the importance of this because i'm trying to put more awareness especially in the country than i'm at in romania mm -hmm. and we still have a lot to grow it's not like in the us or even Australia, New Zealand, or the rest of the world. So I'm trying to bring some light into that. So please let me know your experience regarding coaching mm. and mentorship. Yeah, it's a good question because I, when I read that question initially, I thought, well, is there a difference really? But actually, I, for me, I felt that a mentor is very useful to help you think about the future and mm -hmm. think about where you want to be in, yeah. in the future, whereas a coach can help you develop more day-to-day -day plans and, and a mm -hmm. program or a, a course of action to get you to a point of success more yes. quickly, whereas a mentor might just help paint the picture or to give you guidance or say you could aspire to do 
do this, this and this and kind of point you in a direction. So Correct. that's how I distinguish between the two. I don't know mm -hmm. if you feel similar to that. Yes, but. yes, yes, I do. Um, yeah, and always mental is like, um, you know, yeah, true, like you said, like a bigger picture. Someone sometimes they maybe it's not someone even you are in contact with. It's someone that you like almost you worship, you know, someone you look up to that you like his or her actions what he does and then you get inspired and you think is like i want to be like that person or i want to do this kind of stuff or i, I want to have this impact on the world so mm. you can uh, of course now because in this digital area we can drop an email or feel but sometimes we don't even need to know them directly if we do that's even better mm. and because we have a program here of mentoring for kids actually my boyfriend has an ngo in india and he's doing that with the kids there it's mm -hmm. always uh, trying to bring, um, you know, support to these people, resources, information from a level up where mm -hmm. if they feel stuck, they just get, okay, but this is the bigger picture and this is how you can do all that. And yeah, I believe indeed, like you said as well, that uh, coaches are there to maybe walk you through and hold mm -hmm. your hand. Mm -hmm. give you that. So yeah, whatever you said, I, I kind of feel the same. Mm. Well, I tried in my book to do a little bit of both because for me, like it's um, broken to unbreakable, 12 steps to an unbreakable mind, body and spirit. But for every individual, that would mean and resonate in a slightly different way. Mm -hmm. So using my experience, using anecdotal stories, experience of others and then scientific evidence and support to back it up mm -hmm. and saying, you know, here is a wealth of resources and I signpost people to other stories and others who are doing inspiring work or talking about, you know, more mind body connection and other types of subjects that if that sparks your interest, then go and seek out information in these mm -hmm. places because um, you know, there are so many um, brilliant people who have merged the, um, you know, what would be the science and the woo-woo aspects of life together now, which is, you know, science is more getting on board with the woo-woo side of life versus the woo-woo side of life getting on board with science. So it is quite interesting how the two merge, um, two fields have come together so nicely in recent times. But um, what I wanted to say to you off the back of that question was, I think, um, we can also learn a lot from observing what not to do from bad leaders mm -hmm. <laughs> and bad coaches and bad mentors. And, you know, I've certainly learned a lot from watching how not to do things. And then, okay, if I'm now faced with a situation, that's what happened to me. That's what I would not want to do. So how do I do things differently? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. you can actually ask yourself those own kind of coaching questions because one thing that I noticed um, as a child, I did use mental imagery to learn skills because my parents couldn't afford to send me to swimming lessons or tennis lessons, but mm -hmm. I would watch people play and I'd practice in my head and then I would just go and play. Wow. So learning by osmosis and using mental imagery or visualization to learn skills or to learn those coaching things or to be your own mentor in a way is actually something that you can do that doesn't cost you anything. Yeah. And if you practice the skill, you can start to apply it. And learning by osmosis um, essentially means being in a room full of people and watching and hearing and noticing what they're doing. And then by mm -hmm. default, you're actually absorbing the skill yourself. And I think that that's um, something that if we tried to help children understand and learn from a very young age, they wouldn't mm -hmm. think, oh, well, I don't know how to do it. I don't know how to do it. because. But actually, if you just listen and observe and watch and, and be in the moment, you can mm -hmm. learn how to do a, mo a lot more than you actually think that you can. Mm, so. Nice. I love that. So how is it called? Learning by Let, osmosis? 
Yeah, I'm, I made it up. So I don't know yeah, yeah, I got it. But it's very nice because we, like I said, we learn through these concepts, right? The moment you give it a title, then it remains in my head. And then yeah. I will figure out the definition. I'll remember, but then the concept yeah. is there. So I, I love it. Yeah, very nice. I well, osmosis it. is, you know, like a membrane that water can pass through. So it's yes. a permeable membrane. Mm -hmm. And learning exactly. by osmosis is learning, absorbing learning without even knowing that you're learning mm -hmm. in a way. But you can then go and practice and do skills. But mental imagery is something that we can all practice at home rather than ruminating. We can be visualizing new and practicing new skills and, you know, stuff like that. Sorry. True, I love that actually. I think I heard some people that were doing that exactly in kind of similar situation where they couldn't be, they weren't able to do something like physically do it, they were imagining themselves doing it, and that helped a lot. Or people who were already doing it and they mentally practice it and they become better at it. Mm -hmm. And the thing that you said about um, mental osmosis, I think this is the, well, you know, where at least this, this is what comes to my mind when we actually take kids from a smaller age to all sorts of say classical music concerts or all sorts of places and some people will say well but they can't understand no and it's like just exposing the child to such a world that will have an influence and an impact and you can't just say well he won't understand that or he won't understand the concept of the movie or the book if it's a very difficult concept because yeah. it doesn't actually have to do with that and we all know that you know it's a 97 93 percent subconscious that we're actually infusing with all the goodies and then the child will have um how do we say will be interested in such topics or fields later in life or traveling you know taking the kids when they're small to travel abroad to see things and they're well, well how can they understand ancient greece uh, architecture <laughs> it's like yeah. well, it's not about that <laughs> yeah it's not about remember the you know ears and the formation and the rocks it's actually just uh, putting all this into that uh, person as an experience of life that he will be able to be interested later in rather than just pushing them to say no and now you have to study this you know because it's yes. good for you you're right. And, you know, elite athletes get um, visualization lessons or they're taught, you know, they're actually coached in how to visualize their race. So for a hundred meter sprinter is coached how to visualize every second of their race. So they know what to do mm -hmm. beginning to end. So they run the race in their head thousands of times over. But a normal that. person can do that, you know, not that you want to, you know, if you're writing a program for a computer, you can sit there and write it in your head and then go and do it. For me, when I'm um, when I'm exercising, I'm writing in my head. So I come back and I just sit at my computer and I bash out what I've written in my head while I've been working because I can yeah. think it through and oxygen is flowing to my brain yeah. when I'm exercising. So, you know, I like the aspect of using mental imagery for self-coaching as opposed to, you know, necessarily looking always outside of ourselves for that support as well. Nice. Yeah, I like that. It's, it's still... Um, it's a very useful tool that we always have as long as we know it and you, we practice <laughs> mm, it's practice yeah. like anything it's practice <laughs> exactly yes yes we also they were extremely good and i have this thing i'm very good in theory and then when it comes to practice i'm like okay now i have to go into it so <laughs> <laughs> yes a little bit more discipline is needed in my life but i'm trying so also with these interviews yeah i'm putting myself on the track and i'm trying never to you know cancel anything or do anything i'm like no i said i'll do it and i'm gonna do it so yeah <laughs> so my my motto yeah. is just just showing up is enough whatever happens after that is a bonus so you've showed yeah. up today and this is a bonus so i've shown Amazing. up and this is a bonus <laughs> super i like that okay excellent yeah that's so nice that's correct 
Okay, so now let me think about the challenge because, you know, I always say that I don't have a challenge preset. I just think about it and I try to be myself in a state of flow and after getting to know you through the conversation. So let's see. Okay, I'm a woman. I am a mom. I am, let's say, in my 35, 37 years old and one child is younger, the other one is smaller. And I want to um, have a better connection with my family, my kids, more time for myself as well. So I'm kind of a busy mommy doing it all. I'm also working. And how would I go into also integrating my family bit? Because when I don't do that, I feel a little bit frustrated. I feel like I'm leaving my kids or my husband and my, my whole family away, which I don't want to do. But I want to find a balance between time with myself and time with my family and also integrated them. I would also like to have my kids experience, how would I be teaching mindfulness to them? So basically it's like, I want this space for myself. I would like also my family to be part of it. And that would make me feel comfortable, but I also want to bring it and make it part of their lives because I think it's so important. So what would be your advice on that please? Oh, that's huge questions, but uh, all good stuff. <laughs> So um, I feel that um, as mums, unfortunately, we have another responsibility <laughs> to role model health and well-being. And yeah. if we role model health and well-being for ourselves, then by osmosis, our yeah. children hopefully learn health and well-being from us. So not to give put any more pressure on mums to have to do it all. But um, when I started being a little bit more selfish, i.e. giving to myself first in terms of my health and well-being, mm -hmm. I was much in a better, in a much better position to be able to give and support and care for them. So um, if I neglect my health and well-being, I can't give enough. I can't give um, the best of myself to others. So now that I know that and I understand what is what drains me and what sustains me, I can mm -hmm. really then say, okay, well, what is my self-care needs? What can I integrate the kids into? Mm -hmm. When do I need my alone time? And when do I do the things that are just for me? And when do I do the stuff that involves them? And you can start to kind of look at your day more holistically because you can go, okay, well, I know that I need to do this for them at these times, yes. but what's in it for me? And every time you, your children come to you and say, I want to do ballet, I want to do bicycle riding, I want to do pony club, I want to do, you know, ice hockey, I want to do all these things, you have to think, okay, what is the cost to me? Because you're not just paying the $200 to do the ice hockey and the gymnastics and everything right. else. You have to pack the bags, you have to pack the snacks, you have to organize your schedule, you have to get everyone from A to B. So it's really looking at your your daily plan, your weekly plan, your your annual plan and figuring out, okay, where am I going to find time to take care of myself? Mm -hmm. And that's when this concept of a wellness mindset comes in because a wellness mindset is asking yourself those questions. Um, when will I look after myself this week? What will I nourish my body? What time will I go to bed this week? What help and support do I need this week? Uh, when am I going to make time to exercise? Um, do I have any deadlines that need to be met? So you start asking yourself these wellness questions mm -hmm. on a weekly basis and a daily basis. How am I feeling? What does my body need today? So if you can be showing up for yourself in the right way in terms of that wellness mindset, embracing wellness mindset, you're going to be have much more energy. You're going to have taken care of yourself. You're going to give your body the resources that it needs to ultimately perform much better as well. And, you know, when we're trying, when we're running on empty 
and we're functioning on very little sleep, life becomes a lot harder, as I'm sure you would imagine. Yes. Of so, yes. <laughs> so, um, you know, prioritizing sleep and in the back of my book, actually, and I can add this as a, um, a note in the comments after, I've put my top 20 tips for an unbreakable mind, body and spirit. I think you can oh, see it there. Yes, yes, yes. And, and that little page with a frame. Yeah. So I'll post this. It's on page 171 of the book. I'll paste this in the comments because even oh, just awesome. giving yourself, you know, these top 20 tips and reminding yourself on a daily and weekly basis will really kind of help um, with that challenge. And it's a challenge, but the reality is that we have to practice. You know, you can't just go from being unselfish to selfish. <laughs> it actually takes a little bit of time and work. And what I found with my family specifically is initially when I started to take more time for me, it was quite inconvenient for them. <laughs> um, but as Mommy. they got you, yeah, where are you going, mum? But as they've got used to it, they're really supportive of me now saying, oh, are you going for a run, mummy? Or are you doing this, mummy? Or are you doing that, mummy? And in my home, I made um, what I call a yoga island, a relaxation island. So the kids come to yoga island with me and we stretch together. You know, they know when I'm meditating, you know, they, if I'm laying here and then the room's dark and there's music playing, generally I won't get interrupted too much. But there are, you know, my yoga mat does get dragged all over the house. It ends up on the kitchen floor. It ends up on the living room floor. But it just says to me that actually, because I've been role modeling self-care and taking care of myself, they want to be a part of it as well. And that actually makes me feel good. So... That's I think I've answered your question in a very roundabout way. No, 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 very good. Because I understood that I'm going to point out some things here because that's what I usually do. I just recap for everyone. And yeah. then I have another question there. So, because it's very interesting. So what you said is about understanding that you're not actually being selfish. You don't want to run on empty. And I yeah. love what you said about having a wellness mindset. I think it's the first time I, I think you can developing titles and, and concepts. Thanks. Please, please keep writing on that. Yes, please post the articles on my page as well. That's so nice. And uh, so, yes, wellness mindset. And that, again, gets infused to that um, osmosis that we talked about before. And this is the way basically you integrate others, but just by taking good care of yourself. And then they know how to copy and paste this in their life. Uh, and this is how they will learn and um, that it can be a little bit difficult at the beginning, but th they will understand and they'll understand the boundaries and even come and join you into doing what you do or respect your uh, time when you're doing certain things. And um, there was something else about it. What was that? Oh, you said something here uh, that you want to, so you have your own space, right? And, and you have a yoga island, which I love the, the idea and the concept because usually I call it a, how do I call it? A mindfulness corner, something like that. Yeah. Um, we, I used to do with the kids at the kinder and it was a relaxation corner, the mindfulness corner. We just go there and uh, relax and get all the tensions out and do some breathing and something. Um, how do you do this? Because I have a lot of mummies in my group, a lot, I don't know, maybe 50 or 60% even. And sometimes yeah. they tell me, well, it's difficult. They want to come to my place now. And I have a lot that they come in my living room, which is quite spacious because now I'm teaching yoga only online. Mm -hmm. And um, some of them, you're like, well, you know, we have our kids and some are, can be like even 18 years old and then it will be a small one. And they're like, I don't have the, um, the place where to do it in my house or say the space even, you know, or the mental tranquility. And mm -hmm. some kids would be smaller. And what, what is your approach to that? Please tell me how old are your kids and how did you manage this? How do you make them come with you or uh, 
give them the option to give you um, to give yourself a space. Mm -hmm. So I implemented this in my house 18 months ago, and I um, I think I read about the term you know, um, create um, a yoga island in your house, and mm -hmm. I couldn't afford to go on a yoga retreat. And mm -hmm. I had a um, how old was she? She just turned one and a four and a half year old so i had two small kids yeah. so all i did was i bought a yoga mat and a, and a pretty rug and i put it at the end of my bed yeah. and the rug and the yoga mat stayed there at the time and and i put a little cabinet with um, a little buddha and i scribbled on three pieces of paper love joy and grace and that was my little altar Love so it. i just created a little altar with the yoga mat and this was mummy's yoga island so of course i had to share it with them because the one-year-old would crawl on it and you know flip it all over and it would be a mess it wasn't like things stayed tidy and pretty believe me but I would go to my yoga island at least every evening after I put them to bed, but then a couple of times in the day. And of course they'd see me there on weekends and stuff. So, you know, the elder one had been doing some yoga at nursery. So she mm -hmm. knew a little bit about yoga. So she'd come and do yoga next to me. The younger one um, now comes and sits on the yoga mat. She's two and a half now. So it's just been, I think, something that they've got used to over time. It wasn't like I dedicated a room to my house and made it this beautiful yoga sanctuary. It was just a mat on the floor at the end of my bed with a little pillow. And that's mummy's yoga island, basically. And it's an island because it's a place that you go to. You get on the island, yes. but anytime you want to. And once you're on the island, you kind of stay there until you're ready to come off it. So it's just, just also a little bit of a mindset shift thing because mm -hmm. I look forward to going to my yoga island every day. Like, I'm you know? sure. And what do they know? Yeah. about is like what did you share with them did you say what how do you explain this to them what do you do there i don't think i did i just set it up and made it look nice and inviting and then they wanted to be there with me so um <laughs> i've actually set one up downstairs for my husband mm -hmm. that i call it the dojo corner so it's a little bit more <laughs> masculine <laughs> so he's got a, a, a mine's pink and his is green so it's a bit more butch but um you know Maybe. he can go there and do his stretches and whatever he wants to do so now the kids see that mum has one and dad has one and you know they they, they like it. Both. yeah <laughs> Yeah. So nice. Okay, wonderful. I like that. Thank you so much for sharing. I believe the same thing. Like it can be so easy. Like you said, you don't need any fancy stuff. Yeah. And they just go there and, and, and learn by doing from the parents, which is amazing. And I'm so happy because uh dad doing it as well. Like in Romania, yoga for men is really a, like I don't know, one percent of my students have been men. And mm -hmm. um it's seen as a lot more feminine, whereas outside of Romania and I know all over the Europe, Germany, uh, the, in the US, everywhere, like you'll see 50% women, 50% men. And they are mm -hmm. still very strong and they're, it doesn't, here is like, we still have that mindset, you know, the bodybuilder and going to the gym and doing all sorts of things. Mm -hmm. Hopefully we'll be able to shift this in about, I don't know, 10, 20 years. We'll see how mm -hmm. it goes. Uh, but that, right now it's mostly women. For me, I feel um, that yoga, um, probably feels unattainable for a lot of people because of their own um, mindset, but also they can see people who are very good at yoga and think, well, I could never do that. Yeah, correct. Now, um, the reality is without any disrespect to yogis, because I do practice yoga and I know how beneficial it is, but also yoga is just stretching. <laughs> and the reality of stretching your body for from a health and well-being point of view, you can't, un, you can't um, deny the benefits of that, you know, for releasing tension, for pumping your lymphatic system, for 
you know, helping you know by stretching our muscles and the reality is that we spend so much time now sitting down um we you know we get aches and pains from sitting all day from being sedentary so you know just stretching for 20 minutes each evening before going to bed you know old-fashioned stretches that you did at PE at school or what you did at basketball or what you used to do when you played hockey any kind of you know stretches to help you know your body and release tension is beneficial and that's what I've tried to instill in people like you don't have to be a yogi to appreciate the benefits of stretching which should stay with you for life if you just practice a bit of stretching every day yes yes definitely it's it's um it's something that I'm also trying to say and I have at least this approach towards relaxation you know the way we do guys very meditative we don't even open the the eyes so it goes it takes you like eventually becomes a meditative hour from the beginning till the end and there is no push there is no struggle there is no correction just nothing like this and it's a very traditional approach that i liked a lot especially because i didn't come from a sports side you know i didn't do any sports i didn't do any physical activities so everyone was so surprised when they heard that i was doing yoga because they imagined something else Oh dear, the dog has gone crazy. It's a Romanian dog, so we can't understand what it's saying. Can you still hear me? <laughs> you're on you're on mute still, by the way. <laughs> Sorry, it was a little bit of a mess here. My little baby got very upset because the other dog came. <laughs> oh. So she was very saying, go away, this is my mama. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, so there was someone in the yard here that came and talked to mom. So she was already like, what's going on? That's right. Yeah, so I definitely agree. I think, uh, yeah, and we are sitting down a lot. So it, there are a lot of uh, benefits that we can get out of it. And we don't have to imagine that we have to be flexible or do all those things. So I'm happy mm. you mentioned that because anyone can do and yeah. the, the benefits. Even immediately, it just happens in your body that you get out of the tension and out of that stress. And, mm. Not to mention that you can do it at home anytime. So Yes, that's a great thing about having the yoga island is it that, you know, I don't need to, you know, make the extra effort to get to class. I know that I can just do it at home. And the, the point about it being an island is it's always set up. It's not like you have to unpack things and make the space. And because if you see it always there, you think, oh, I'm going to go to the island. So, um, but yeah, like I'm a huge advocate for stretching and I'm a bit, um, my parents probably think I'm a bit obsessive. I'm like, have you done your stretches today? Because they don't stretch and they're aching and paining. So it, I feel that if you don't do your stretches, then you're going to be more achy and painy for longer. So, you know, yeah, that's it, it also... is. It is very correct. It's also not about the muscles and what we learn. It's also about the nerves that we get to stretch. It gets to a more deeper uh, tissues of the body that we uh, have to work with and that is very very helpful and it doesn't have to be in any sort painful it has to be relaxing and calming and if you're if it's any pain then you're overstretching and you're overdoing it which you don't want to do in anything in life anyway so mm. you just need to have that self-awareness of your body as well and I think it works magically and I like what you said having this yoga island and mm. knowing that you can go there, retreat, you know, like you just yeah. said before, that's your yeah. place to actually retreat and you, you should do it every day because we all need this relaxation and the stretching and, and just getting up to the tension and sitting all day long. So yeah, I'm happy you, you mentioned that and I hope people will implement, especially with their kids because they go and practice with you. Yeah. If you love them and you just set a little bit of rules. 
my daughter makes up her own funny poses. She'll say, um, I'm doing bunny rabbit. <laughs> or she'll say, I'm doing pigeon. And oh, no, not pigeon, seagull. She said, you know, I'll be doing pigeons. She says, look, mum, I'm doing seagulls. <laughs> so most of the time we just end up laughing because she's making up nonsensical names for things that she's doing. But it's funny. Yes, and this is the way they integrate. I remember I had some kids also at the kinder and I was going to tell them about yoga and the soul and everything, like things that we can see and things that we cannot see and all this. It's just a little bit like they're, like they're four, five, no, actually, yeah, four, three to four, four years old. And I'm talking to them and um, I'm trying to explain some things that, you know, you can't really see or touch. Um, and then one of the two of the girls were saying oh well you know mommy did this and they went into a lotus pose and you know you because they're super flexible anyway they were just made things like she does like this and sometimes she does this with you know the the dog posture and i'm like yeah there's a posture from you guys like yeah i've seen mom doing it and she says she gets relaxed <laughs> nice and then everyone was doing you know like whenever they get upset they'll just go and be like oh now we're relaxing this is not say anything <laughs> Yeah, I took my daughter to an outdoor yoga class a few months ago before all the lockdown stuff started. And then one of her teachers from school was there and we didn't know she was going to be there and she didn't know we were going to be there. And so on the following Monday, she got Clota to help her teach yoga at the school. So that Amazing. was really nice. But there's a funny story that I mentioned in the book actually about stretching. I won't find the page just now, but I was doing, I'd been for a run and I was doing a pigeon stretch on a park bench. So, you know, I had my leg up and I was in yes. the pigeon pose yes. on the park bench and these two older ladies walking past and one said to me, oh, that looks painful. <laughs> And I said, well, not as painful as it is if you don't do it. And she was like, no, you're right. Ha, 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 ha. So we were laughing because um, it is true that if you don't do it, you end up in more pain than if you do do it. So, yes. Right. And how big is yoga there? Do you see people doing it in the parks? Is it super mega common? Like yes, no one would stare common. at you? Yeah, it's been, and men and women too, which is great. So yeah, it's a lot of mixed classes, but a lot, there's outdoor classes. There's lots of indoor studios dedicated just for yoga. There's gyms that have yoga. There's family yoga. So we've uh, where I live specifically, we're very lucky. But Australia, I think, has embraced yoga for many years. And mm -hmm. you know, if you're really into yoga, and um, you can go to Bali, which is not far away, and do yoga yeah. retreats and Thailand and stuff like that. So you know, it's we're quite fortunate. True. I completely agree. Good. Lucky you guys. I haven't heard of any yoga retreats to Romania though, but maybe you should start one because I wouldn't mind to go to the to the mountains in Romania. Be beautiful. Please. They're actually a beautiful one. I think we have to reschedule because now of all the tension in the country that recently happened and we had something scheduled for August. I think we'll reschedule for October or November. But there is okay. a very nice resort here in the area and many people from outside Europe are coming. Uh, sorry, outside mm. Romania are coming and um, it's very, very nice, beautiful scenery in the mountains. And now I'm going with my yoga students at the uh, seaside. So okay. we'll go in just two weeks. Okay, so cool. please, whenever that happens and we get out of the lockdown and borders are open, it's actually very nice because Romania is very eco-touristic. So you find yeah. super organic food, very nice uh, landscape, the air is very good. So yeah, it's actually, it would be a good destination. A lot of uh, German and French people are coming exactly because of these reasons. Mm -hmm. So we'll, uh, we'll keep in touch and let you know. Thank you. Hey, thank you as well, Chrissy. So please let us know where can we find you? What are the pages? Who can join in? Because I know you have the one for mommy and the other one, the wellness poet. Yes. 
and then the book so I understood. We'll, you put a link, and I'm I'm getting it myself. Thank you. So Mindful Mums QLD um, is on Facebook and Instagram. Um, the Wellness Poet is on Facebook and Instagram and thewellnesspoet.com is my website where you'll find all information about me, um, when I post my blogs and the articles that I write, as well as poetry. All my poems are published there. Um, other um, media stories and I have a bookshop tab. So I have this book, which I um, launched in June this year. So I officially launched it back in February, but it's been printed since June. Um, that is paperback, audiobook and ebook. And then next weekend, I'm launching my second book. Um, and it is live for sale on my website. It's a hardback children's book. It's called The Koala Who Lost His Heart. Um, and we're hoping that it will be endorsed by um, a conservation um, foundation here for koalas. So hopefully I'll have good news about that tomorrow. Um, yeah, and so I'm going to start there. I'm going to start promoting um, that book um, and selling it next week for pre-orders. And it, with the view that people will receive printed copies in time for Christmas. So Amazing. that's super awesome. I'm really, really excited about that book, that story, and also to be able to support koalas, which are very, very special. Yes, that's why I saw the, the koala post on your Facebook wall, because I saw a little yes. painting of a koala and I, I didn't get it. I, I was just scrolling to find some pictures and things with you and I saw it. I'm like, hmm, okay. So now yes. I got it. So nice. So yeah, that's I've written the story and, and a friend is um, illustrating it. So um, yes, we've been, we've worked on the layouts and spreads and things. And so it's in production and I'm meeting a printer tomorrow. So yeah, it's all happening quite quickly. Amazing. It's very exciting. I love the news when things are happening, even during pandemic times, because it's, you know, it just raises up and you're like, oh, things are actually still happening in the world. All the goodies. <laughs> Yeah, thank Very you. Nice. I'm happy that you're one of those people that are making it happen during this time. So super oh, nice, Chrissy. Amazing. Thank you so much. Great to meet you. Thank you as well. And please, I'll send you the, the, the link and you can, uh, the link of my Facebook page and you can post there all the links that you mentioned and the book and everything we can get. And most probably tomorrow, the day after most, uh, the latest, I'm going to go and order the digital copy as well and start reading it to my people. Perfect. So it's been lovely. Benefits. And good on you for organizing these and meeting people from over the world and sharing them with people in your community. It's a great job to see people thank taking you. the initiative. So thank you so much. Thank you as well. And I'm so happy because I feel that there are, now we can all connect and the broader we go, the even better. Because it's all about, the whole idea was bringing more resources of happiness, joy, wellness, wherever we have. And there are so many amazing women that are doing amazing jobs out there. So I always like to connect and share. Let's just say that there are still amazing things happening and not everything is going bad and doomed and no one's gonna die and we're not going through an apocalyptic phase we're still thriving and you're still creating and things are getting published and we're, we're just moving forward thank you and thank you as well Chrissy it was such a pleasure to have you thank you so much for the input on yoga I love that it was unexpected unplanned so but I love it because we need a push here in Romania you know we need to yeah say, okay come on, come on Romanian yeah. people get onto the yes. yoga thing you need to exactly. do your stretches <laughs> exactly yes do relax it's not so hard you heard Chris is saying it hurts even worse if you don't do it <laughs> exactly it's worse if you don't know it. it's written in this book so come on <laughs> amazing amazing I'll definitely read thank you so much again and hello to your family and to your beautiful kids I've seen them on your page love them all likewise thank you very much thank have you a good so much. day you too. Day. you too have oh. a good night Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.